everybody. I am super excited for a wonderful guest coming on tonight. And as you can see, we also have somebody new down at the bottom. Before I get to him, welcome the shadow, like always. How are you? Doing all right. So how go right ahead. Yes. How are you, Sean? I'm doing fine. How are you, Anna? Oh, just fine and dandy. This to fine and dandy. Okay, go ahead and do your announcement while I get the shit out on Facebook here. Um, sure. So tonight we have a wonderful guest, and I it's an honor to have him here. Uh, he's really huge with the uh, paranormal field, and he's got a lot going on. And I can't wait to bring him on. But before we do that, um, we have a new. Uh, uh, guest with us this evening, I decided to bring in Sean as a third helper only because um, why not? Why not? Just add more and the bigger the better and we'll see how everything goes with that. But anyway, um, will we uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, Sean? I am the owner of Eternal X Wolfpack Paranormal, and uh, we created this team this year, and we've been out on a few investigations already. I've been in this field for about three years now, and uh, I like helping the people. I like to help them understand what's going on around them and uh, help them understand it. Awesome. Well, it's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you for... Um, coming on and helping out which is awesome and uh what's going on with you mr shadow <laughs> well not much um before i go any further i do want to make this quick bit uh if you don't know we are streaming on Post network <laughs> i yep. always forget to end that on that's all right. So if you have a podcast and you want to get on this network, uh, it doesn't have to be about paranormal. It can be about anything else. So uh, reach out to Brian Lavity or anybody that's on the staff for Parapost Network, and you, they will be more than happy to get your show on. And yep. also, Anna and I are going to be participating in the Global Ghost Hunt. We will be investigating the famous Palmer House Hotel. And some of you might recognize the Palmer House as being on Ghost Adventures. Uh, I've yep. been there before. It's a great place. So check. Yep. You want to check out www.globalghosthunt.com. Register your team, register your locations, and all that stuff. Uh, so other than that, I think we're good and we're ready to bring our guest on. All right. Mr. Shadow, won't you announce the, uh, the guest that we are having on tonight? All right. So tonight, our guest is the man behind the Devil's Academy. You've seen it on the Travel Channel, Discovery Place. He's also got his own paranormal team, Paranormal Experience Research Society, uh, which is affiliated mm -hmm. with the Warren Legacy. And you definitely don't want to miss the show. If you have questions, pop them in the comments, and I will get them on. You can ask them questions yourself. So without any further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Bill Schlevin. How welcome, you doing? Welcome. Very Thank good. You. Very good. I'm Thanks for having me. I'm so happy to have you here. Like I'm super excited. Um, with without me keeping going with Wabin, let's start with you and tell us a little bit about yourself. So, I have been in the field for about 35 years now, actively investigating. I've probably been doing it mm -hmm. a little longer than that, 
before uh you know i was actually out there and um i am i have my own team the paranormal existence research society i founded back in i think it was 2013 and we have teams all throughout florida georgia nebraska and the uk italy and greece um i'm also a regional director for the southeast u.s and part of the management team that helps run the warren legacy foundation uh that carries on you know the legacy of ed lorraine warren of helping people across the world so i'm also i've been on i the devil's academy was if you haven't seen it it's a a great show uh it's a about a two-hour documentary on an event that happened down in miami and i think it was 1970 or 79 um, mm-hmm. it's a mass possession or well, they believe it was a mass possession of a school and it's a, it's a really, really good show. All right. So real quick, I just kind of want to do some, uh, shout out to for the people in the audience. Uh, we have, uh, Nicole. Thanks for stopping by Nicole. We also <laughs> have, uh, forgive me if I say this wrong. It's Vi, I believe. That's my wife. Uh, yeah. <laughs> there you go. Hi, right. nice to meet you. <laughs> so, and uh, we also have Nathan Hardister. What's up, bud? And we yeah, also have awesome. Kelly. She's on my team also. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you kind of brought the whole crew with you tonight. Yeah, they they follow me around and come in and probably say some crazy questions, too. That's okay. <laughs> Be prepared. And uh, we, we always al- are. We also have Pam Harris, who also hey, does Pam. some work with Sean. Yeah, I'm a co-host on her show as well. So anyway, now, I know this is going to sound kind of cliche. You know, you probably get this question a lot. What was the one event that happened in your life that made you decide, okay, I need to be a paranormal investigator? (laughs) Well, you know, like I always say, back when I started, people didn't talk about it a lot. It wasn't out on the tv it wasn't you know out where anybody really spoke about it um it wasn't in the mainstream so really for me i studied and learned as much as i could until i got somebody who got me onto an actual residential investigation and i always say even though i talk about it a lot i always say that's probably my most memorable it's not the craziest it's bad but it just happened to be a uh, a rare demonic case that was my right. first ever residential case so it kind of slingshotted me into this and uh a lot of people may have run away and never come back and do this again but uh it just had <laughs> me it gave me a lot of answer you know a lot of questions that i wanted to get answered um, right so yeah, it wasn't. It didn't. I mean, I can't say I wasn't scared. I was terrified when this happened. But I left there not, not wanting to not do this. I it, I found it more as a calling after that to help people. So it was it was something that definitely you know terrified me, but definitely helped me move forward. Yeah. My wife is also on the team. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, wow, that's uh. So you got from doing, finding out for yourself that I need to do this in the paranormal field. So you take that, why into demonology science? Why did you jump into that? Into into what? Demonology. Oh, yeah. Well, because when I had that first case <laughs> and it was demonic, I didn't know anything about demons or demonology right. or anything that can happen like that. 
Um, never expected to see it, never expected to experience it. So it kind of, same thing, it kind of made me learn about it because I knew, I mean, we found out afterwards that this, this case was demonic, but I didn't know the things that happened, what they were and why they were caused and, and, and that they were actually from a demon, you know, mm. um, again, this is, these are rare, you know, right. uh, so I started yeah, studying, I started studying more and more to where I was getting called in two cases to help determine if they were demonic. You know, I don't, people ask, I, I say I'm a demonology specialist. I don't use the term demonologist. Just it's a, it's a personal choice just because there's a, I believe that the title is a person of the clergy or mm -hmm. was given to you by somebody from the clergy who trained you. So right. I was never given that title, so I don't use it. That's the only reason. I mean, it's, I kind of do the same thing in a way, you know, where we go in and help determine, but I don't, I don't use the title. Right. Gotcha. Uh, real quick. Uh, Facebook user is Stephanie. Uh, she says hi. Huh? Another team member. <laughs> <laughs> Georgia, Showing they're up all over. <laughs> all right, Let's keep asking questions. What? <laughs> what is so the I, most? Go ahead, Sean. Oh, I was gonna say, what is the most demonic place you have ever crossed in your one of your investigations? Well, I have never encountered anything demonic in public locations i haven't done as many as some of the people out there because i <laughs> you got to watch him um <laughs> because <laughs> i you know we do so many residential cases that i don't get out as much as i would want to across the country with some of the big places but i've in my again my opinion but in my studies and my you know experiences demons don't hang around in places they're they're looking for people to take over so <laughs> The ones I've had are the seven um, confirmed cases I was part of. Mm -hmm. Those were, they're all homes. They were all residential cases and uh, they were all pretty terrifying. <laughs> so, you know, like I said, uh, when I go and do regular investigations, I don't, I don't get really scared. I mean, there's really ghosts are not there to harm you. I've been around them. I've been touched. I've been whatever. It, it doesn't bother me. But when I get called into a case that's, possibly demonic those are the things that frighten me because you never know what's going to happen i do them i don't like to do them i do them because i want to help the people but right. you just you never know what you're going to expect you don't know what's been stirred up you don't know how it's been treated you know so you're kind of going in blind just praying it's not that bad all right uh real quick just uh, a professional courtesy here uh nicole uh, she is the host for Supernatural Whisper Podcast. So if you guys get a chance, check that out. I want to try to support everybody out here. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> now, when I think about, you know, some of the more common practices with uh, exorcism or paranormal investigation, do you yourself use anything like holy relics or anything like that? Well, yeah, I mean, when we go into a, any kind of investigation, we have all things that we're, you know, my team wears or, or does that to help protect us. We're all right. different religions. I, I'm Catholic um, on my team. Everybody's like different religions and they, they do whatever they, you know, is their faith that fe they feel protected by. When I go in, I will read a Catholic prayer 
Uh, I have one that goes before and after the the case. Um, right. You know, and everybody will do their own thing also. Uh, when we're in there working on the cases, we don't, we're not in there doing something religious where we're, it's more spiritual and it's more, you know, scientific, uh, when we're in a person's home. But if it's something I'm being called into for a possible demonic, or if we feel it could be something possibly demonic, then yes, I will use religious provocation because that's the only way to really pull them out and see what it is you know a, a demon isn't going to react to sage or, or things that we do we use singing bowls we use palo santo we use sage you know i do have holy water and my cross and all my stuff like that with me just in case to protect everybody right but, you know that's not what we go in doing we also respect the clients uh wishes whatever you know religion they are we're not you know if they're jewish we're not going to come in waving crosses at them you know so they don't they don't like that <laughs> yeah you don't want that <laughs> very true so uh, we have a question from an audience member um oh, here we go is there a place you won't go back to no I, I don't think there's <laughs> no. any place I wouldn't go back to. I mean, I, the places that we went to that were real bad, mm-hmm. it they're they're clean now. They're they've been fixed, you know. So they right. they're not anything that I wouldn't return to. Um, right. But I have never encountered a place that I personally wouldn't go back to. Okay. Even I've had I rare, but I have had attachments and. You know, one of them was at the Riddle House up here in West Palm Beach by me, and we go there all the time. So, right. <laughs> even yeah. after, even house. after the attachment. So, uh, yeah, um, not not much that I won't go back to. Right. Well, I find very interesting that I see that you are an empath. How did you discover that? <laughs> so again, back when I was young, I didn't know what an empath was. Nobody talked about that. I yeah. just knew even when I was real little, something was weird, you know, because like right. for me with my abilities, um, I can feel emotions and energy. Okay. Um, and I would be even say at like a, a family party, you know, uh, Christmas and we're sitting there and there's, you know, this is the Italian side of the family. So there's 50, 60, 70 people there. And I would feel depressed or sad or and I didn't know why it wasn't from me. I was picking it up from other people, but it took many, many years before I even learned what that was and where it was coming from and, and kind of how to work with it a little bit, because, you know, I would just walk into a place. I would feel energy. I would feel emotions. And I didn't know, I thought I was going crazy. I didn't know what was going on. So it it took a lot of research (laughs) back then. Now it's easy. Everybody talks about it. Right. Yeah. I've been there and done that. Um, I'm very gifted. I was born with my, uh, medium side and mm-hmm. I can understand where you're coming from with that so it's easy to control and sometimes it's not so it's like am I really seeing things am I not seeing that am I going senile so <laughs> it, you, you question yourself a lot of times it's like I was like oh okay now I understand because like you said everybody is talking about it so right. you're not going crazy Right. But you also got to remember everybody's different on how they interpret that too, because yeah, like I'm absolutely. Being clairvoyant. So yeah, yeah, and everybody's yeah. different on what they feel. I mean, mm-hmm. I've had teammates that 
I feel like with the energy, I'll feel like a very a big heaviness. I had team members that feel like a, almost like an electrical shock. You know, it's everybody has a, a, a different way that they, you know, harness their abilities, I guess, that they feel things. It, it's a little yeah. different. Um, yeah. Some people I know don't feel the emotions like that. You know, I've, I, I feel it. I'll, I'll, if somebody's nervous, I'll start sweating. You know, wow. I, I have, I've learned, I don't know how people ask me and I'd be honest with you. I don't know how I turn it off sometimes, but I need to, because like, for instance, I was just talking before about we, uh, we were just at Orlando MegaCon, you know, and 190,000 people and I'm doing panels with 500 plus in the room. And if you don't know how to turn it off, there's yeah. 500 people in there with all it's types of emotions and things yeah. going on. Yeah. <laughs> you will feel everything and you will pick up on everything and it'll totally throw you off on, you know, what you're doing. So I don't yeah. know. I've learned to just kind of shut it down, but I don't know how I do it. I, I kind of just don't think about it um, once I do something. And that's, I, that's how I do mine. I just don't think about it anymore and it stops. So, yeah. 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 All right. So Nicole wants to ask, have you ever been driven out of a place by a demon? No. Thank God. <laughs> no. No. I've been knocked across the room. Um, I've been knocked down a few times and, and literally thrown across the room almost. But um, a regular by angry spirits? Nah, I mean, no, I've been touched. I've been... You know, no, not really, not like that. Just, just in the in the demonic cases. How about you, Sean? I can't say that I've ever been told, you know, or ran out. They've come across saying they don't like me being there um, oh, yeah. because some of the things that yeah. I can do. But I've never been ran out of one place yet so far. Uh, um, for me, I. With my abilities, if there's something evil or negative, I can't walk in the room because the heaviness of the energy is so thick. That's how I know there's something evil or a demon is how the energy, how thick it really is for me. That's how it is for me. It could be different for right. every, different for other people. So, but for me, that's how right. it is. I mean, don't get me wrong. I've had things say, you know, leave get out or, or things like that but not not literally like just try to get me out <laughs> yeah, yeah. They've, they've, they've just told me they just don't like me there some like certain people some like certain people some don't i i've gone places where they'll only talk to males or they'll only talk to females uh you know oh, yes. it, it's right it's you know i mean it depends on the person like we say like they say, are there evil spirits? I, I don't say there's evil spirits. I say that if a person was a, a you know cranky old bastard in life, <laughs> he's going to be the same way in death, most likely. Oh, yeah. I will <laughs> so, agree with the prick. Always a prick. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. I will agree with that. Oh, this is kind of an interesting question. Uh, you said she feels energy on her left side. When you get some sort of impression what the sensation that you get i mean what what are the earmarks that let you know you're having uh something that is uh connected to a psychic event whether through empathy or vision well um 
mine is more of a heaviness or again, or the emotions. It could be from living or dead. You know, um, I was up, uh, I was at a, a place that's a, it's like a museum and I went up by myself up into the attic, uh, just with my recorder. And I had to leave like within 10 minutes because I got so depressed. I had to mm-hmm. leave that room. I didn't really feel anything else up there except this depression, which I didn't understand. I, I left there. We still trying to research to see if we could find out anything that ever happened up there. But it was it was really strange that or a heaviness. Like I've been in places that uh, we had a, a case up in uh, Boca and you walked in the house and it was strange because, you know, of course, like a lot of clients, they all think there's demons everywhere. And um, the the lady thought there was, she had a demon in the house. And when you walked in the house, I mean, it was a big multi-million dollar mansion in, in Boca wow. Raton. And yeah, and the house was so light and welcoming and beautiful right. until you went into her room. And when I walked oh, into her boy. room, it was like something was sitting on my shoulders. It was so heavy. It was, it, you know, that's how I get it. And like right. I used to, I had a, a teammate, a former teammate of mine. She used to get like an electrical shock. So, wow, you know, okay. that's how she would feel it. Hmm. Hmm. Wow. That's, that's, uh, that's pretty spooky. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's what we live for, right? I mean, this is what we do. I mean, that's mm-hmm. to be expected. So <laughs> right. I, I guess that kind of falls into the, one of the questions I have, um, have you ever came across an owner of a residence where you've investigated where the owner was the one manifesting and they didn't know it, what was going on? <laughs> yeah. Many, many times I've done close to a thousand residential cases, maybe more. I don't even know anymore, but um, yeah, we get that a lot. We you get it a lot. You get people who um, could be many different things. We deal. I didn't say this before, but during the day, I'm an. I've been in the IT field for over 30 years. I'm an IT director at a psychiatric drug and alcohol treatment facility, so I know a lot about psychiatric illness and addiction. And these are type of things we come across a lot on cases. And that doesn't mean that they're just crazy and they're not experiencing anything. Sometimes it can right. be both. You know, um, right. they're more susceptible to things. But um, we we deal with so many different things where people you know sometimes it's just they watch too much tv and they're watching you know 20 hours of ghost adventures and then the next thing you know every little sound in the house they're so focused on that they are creating (laughs) it they are they're manifesting it themselves into the house i mean you know it it happens a lot it it really does right so with uh you know kind of on that uh one thing i have encountered in one of my investigations there was a uh, park that had an outdoor bathroom that had a legend of a murder that mm-hmm. happened there and i researched the shit out of that place until i came across an old article about a guy who pulled a prank at that place and he just took off fish eyes set him on the bathroom sink and wrote help mm-hmm. me in blood it was a joke but right. over the years the story has been told over and over and over again, and the paranormal events were real, right? But they were not connected to what it, it was a prank. So, I'm thinking, uh, it, it, an egregore or a PK entity, right? Are you, a, are, do you work with? Uh, do you encounter those things? You know, like you said, you encounter well, people manifesting, but 
Yeah, I mean, in like even in uh, I want to go back a little bit. Even in parapsychology, you know, there's right. studies that they did where they'll take people and uh, they put them in a room and they created, you know, a whole person. Like, okay, we're gonna call this guy John, and he works here, and he and they create an entire fake person and life and everything and they talk about them all the time and they keep talking about them in this room for an hour a day for so long and then they brought investigators in didn't tell them and just had them investigate and all the stuff that came across their recorders and everything was the same exact stuff they created the same names same type of jobs and they knew nothing about it so you can manifest stuff into play like it's like we tell people i don't turn my equipment on in my house ever I mean, I'll turn it on maybe to make sure the batteries work or something. But if you're in a location that like has nothing in it, like I pretty sure my place is not haunted. (laughs) Um, (laughs) And if I sat here and grabbed a recorder and kept asking, you know, is anybody here who wants to talk to me? What's your name? Eventually, I'm going to bring something in or I'm going to manifest something in myself. Right. You know, so um, there's a lot to that. And actually, I want to if we can circle back to Jeff's question there a minute about the investigations, um, investigations. He um, said something before. Yeah. Before. Because, so this is a, a big thing that we see, and this is where I wind up getting myself in trouble sometimes. So <laughs> yeah, I, there, there are problems in, in the paranormal field today and investigations. There are two things when you're out in public, at a public location, a cemetery, an abandoned building, a haunted location, whatever. Do whatever you want. You know, bring, well, don't do whatever you want, but you know what I mean. Bring bring your right. equipment, test everything, play with everything, grab your phone apps if you think they work, do whatever. It's all about research and, and seeing. But when you go into a home, there are many, many things that people don't understand that they should not be doing. You know, right. um, simple things if everybody knows what the flashlight trick is, <laughs> you know, yes. mm-hmm. Wait, I have used that this, before. This, this was created on TV. Um, if a spirit can manipulate electronics, like we all know, they can manipulate energy. So what, if you want them to turn on the flashlight, ask them to turn on the flashlight. If right. they harness enough energy, they'll do it. Right. If you take the, the mag light and you unscrew it, to the point where you just break the connection mm-hmm. and then you start asking yes and no questions, it's 100% false because one degree temperature in that room, either way will make that, that mag light expand and contract, which will make it touch for a second and then lose connection for a second and touch for a second mm-hmm. and lose connect. Even, even some uh, enough airflow can push it because it's so loose, you know? So, those type of things are, should not be used like K2 meters should not be brought into a person's home because you're when we use EM, when we look for EMF in a person's home, we're not looking for EMF to ask questions or to get, you know, evidence of a, of a ghost. We're looking to do baseline readings around the house to see if maybe they have faulty wires, if they have too Absolutely. much EMF coming out of a location or if we see if we're in a room and there's no EMF energy in there and all of a sudden something spikes up a massive amount, you know, we, we may question that, but it's more like I've had cases where the entire case wound up being that the, the house did not have shielded cables and there was so much and this is back in Jersey many, many years ago. There was so much EMF energy coming out of their, their power box down in the basement 
that it was causing them to have hallucinations. They were nauseous. They were getting headaches. Mm -hmm. And once yeah. they, they fixed all that and we convinced them and they fixed all that, they spent a lot of money, <laughs> but they, they oh, fixed yeah. everything. They never had any problems again. So if you're going to do residential investigations, you just need to learn Always a little more about yes. things outside of you. You should not go into a house thinking this is haunted. You should go in there thinking, I need to find the natural explanations first. We found animals and walls. You know, oh, I yeah. mean, you yeah. can think of, yeah, everything. The animals make noise in the wall. So you yeah. hear knocking, scratching. Then the animal dies in the wall because he's trapped. And now and you have you know, the dead odor, you know, that yeah. people, yeah, people think is a demon. So there's <laughs> there's just a lot of, that's the one thing where TV kind of uh, confuses mistakes. people a little yes. bit, you know. Yeah. Um, I, would, it's I would imagine that. <laughs> yeah, what? I would imagine that's even more problematic now because of Wi-Fi technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it there's so much, there's so much out there that, and that's why my team is so versed in so many different things that it 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 helps us. You know, we really go in and help people. And you know, the hardest part about residential investigations is sometimes convincing the people they're not haunted. Right. Yeah. You know, because they saw that on tv and that has to be real you know and um you know uh, they should be happy if we come in and say <laughs> there's nothing in their house they yeah. should be very happy about that yeah. they don't look at it that way so nathan said can all that energy make you feel sick um yeah. to me to me uh it could be different for every other person it mm -hmm. doesn't happen all people feel energy differently in certain ways if you're very highly sensitive yeah you could feel it and you can't guess it and all the pets that have the spirit hits you with that specific energy so that's how you right. take it yeah i mean when the the first case i was talking about uh i went in with this team and i didn't know much you know they brought me in as an extra person because one of their mm -hmm. guys were sick and there was three of us and we walked into the house we opened the front door walked into like the foyer area and within two seconds almost we all ran out of the house and we were all three of us were so nauseous and we weren't smelling anything so originally i was thinking right. you know, could it be carbon monoxide or something it was yeah. the it was the energy you know it was demonic energy i didn't know at the time but it was energy and it immediately had us all Hit sick you. yeah wow. and i i mean when when people talk about attachments attachments aren't always a spirit you know sitting on your back they they sh they can th just throw their negative energy onto you, you know. Right. The ones I've had are, have been more like that, where I was sick, sick as a dog for a week and a half, two weeks. Wow. And we couldn't find anything wrong with me, and you know, and then I had to go, and then also you have I had so much bad luck, I had to go get blessed and cleansed and everything. But it it can make you sick like that. It can. I, mm -hmm. I give you one more example. So <laughs> for new year's and my wife will probably chime in on this real quick. Um, <laughs> Cause she gets, she gets mad at me because I'm, I protect myself when I go on an investigation, but when right. we're just fooling around, I, I get stupid sometimes and I don't pay attention. Yeah. And we, we were going up for vacation for new year's. We go up to St. Augustine a lot and um, right. we're going up for a week. And on the way up, we stopped in Casadega. If you don't know Casadega, it's a little, little town in Florida that's mm -hmm. known as the psychic capital of the world. It has Oh, the yeah, most... I've heard of it yeah. on YouTube, yeah. So there's a lot of different things in there, and there's a thing called the Devil's Chair, and it's inside the cemetery. So I went there just to take a picture, and I we, we get in the cemetery, and 
my wife wasn't too thrilled i was taking her in the cemetery to begin with and i sat down in the chair and i said just take a picture and she's just shaking her head and there's a little doll that was like hunched over on the chair so i picked it up and i straightened it out and she goes why would you touch that and then (laughs) we went to lunch and then we continued on to saint augustine on the way to saint augustine i got sick i had a respiratory infection the entire trip couldn't do anything we were stuck in the, the house the entire trip um she swears it was from me sitting in that chair (laughs) and (laughs) and not not that you know it was could be something bad from the devil's chair wasn't the devil but other people sit in that chair and other people leave their energy or some people probably do rituals around that thing and things like that and if i don't protect myself i can probably you know pull things in and she swears by that and she yells at me all the time (laughs) kind of of like a uh a a psychic stone tape Situation. Yeah, I exactly. mean, what what made you touch the doll of all things? Well, don't you it was, know it not was to bent do that? Over. I was fixing it. <laughs> <laughs> I was fixing it. It was all hunched over, so I straightened it out. <laughs> you should know better not to touch certain objects, especially I know. in the graveyard. That's, that's where that's where I, I I'm not good. And my wife works with energy. She's she doesn't investigate. She's an energy healer. So right, she always says I'm her worst client. Oh no. <laughs> so, that's awesome, though, that she does, you know, the energy yeah. work and everything. So where did the Warren's Legacy Foundation come from? So the foundation was originally created by uh, Chris McKennell, who's the grandson of Ed and Lorraine, and Lorraine before she passed away. So mm-hmm. they there's two separate kind of entities to the Warrens. There's Nesper and, uh, you know, everything up in Connecticut with the museum and all that. And then there's the Warren Legacy Foundation. And it was formed to help carry on their legacy of helping people free of charge across the world. So, mm-hmm. you know, Chris and Lorraine had set this up originally before she passed away. And then he started finding people around around the country, you know, and around the world, actually, to become members. I became a member, I think it was a little over two years ago. And then right away became the regional director of the whole Southeast and then became part of the management team. And the management team is me, Stephanie and Jeff. And um, we run most of the daily, you know, operations of the foundation. And we just try to help people in a very ethical way. Like we have so many people around the world. I think it's about a hundred members or so now. And, you know, they're everybody on there has been kind of vetted and brought in and they're, very good investigators they're not just people who are going to go in you know running around with all types of equipment and go crazy you know it's it's really to help people i mean we what we do is very different it's like how i do it with my own team too so um they're they're a great foundation Uh, everybody on there is is really great and and, you know even when i have a spillover of cases with my team i'll pass anything on to there if it's not in our area or if it's something maybe Maybe I don't know if we can handle. We'll pull it in there because we have people that can handle everything in there. Huh. That's so awesome. Pam had a question. What the advice you give somebody who has never encountered a demon before? Should don't, they encounter one? <laughs> don't encounter one. <laughs> um, <laughs> if if here's the thing. If you feel at all that it could be demonic, get out right away and get somebody that knows about it. Um, don't be afraid ever to ask for help. 
we ask for help when we need it, you know, um, right. never, never be afraid to ask for help. This isn't a competition between teams and people and everybody should be helping everybody because if you encounter a demon and you think, okay, I, I know enough about investigating. I'm going to try to help these people and I'm going to take out some sage or I'm going to, some people don't really, I'm just going to throw holy water. You're going to aggravate it and you're going to put yourself, your team and the clients in a lot of danger. Yeah. Lots of danger. Um, you know, uh, there's a lot of people I know that have been doing this 40 years and have never seen one, you know, it's, it's, it's not a common occurrence, but you know, you definitely, definitely back out and get somebody to help you. Don't, don't attempt anything that you're unsure of ever. Right. So, so I, I, I see that you have been on one of the episodes of Ghost Asylums in 2015. Yeah. Would you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. Now, uh, I always tell everybody, it's, I did not go and investigate with those guys. Um, I was brought in at the because they were doing uh, an episode up at the Castillo de San Marcos Ford up in uh, St. Augustine. So they okay. had found me because of the evidence I captured at the fort. So right. they had me come up and talk about um, one of the, the photos I captured and some of the evidence that we captured around the fort. So, mm. um, you know, they had me on for a little bit at the beginning. It's funny enough, they cut out the whole section. What was the main thing about the photo I, I captured and they even had of the photo. I don't, know why they, <laughs> I don't know why they did that, but it, it's one of those where I've never told anybody. Maybe it's because of how I said it. I did not right. tell anybody it was a ghost. I just said, in my opinion, I believe it could have been something because we were on the, this was way back. I, I want to say it was 2012 or somewhere around there. And mm-hmm. um, we were just a couple people on a private tour with somebody who had uh, access to the fort at night outside and nobody okay. was allowed on that property. And, you know, people could sneak on. But right, where absolutely. we took the photo, yeah, where we took the photo, there was nobody there. And I know because I look around and I took photos and then I walked right toward the area and I checked. Of course. The, you know, I didn't notice the photo until months later, but I knew what was around us and where the person was. There wasn't a lot of places they could have escaped to except into the water or kind of right past us. So it looks like a person literally sitting on the wall, leaning against a tree and you know, it's it, it's hard to tell, but it, it was a really interesting picture because as far as I know, there was nobody there. I, you know, where I took it right. right after I took it, I walked right down to that area. It so sure no again, nobody there. Yeah. right. I was not looking for it because I didn't see the picture at first, but there was no break in where I walked to. So there's no, right. you know, I, I, I feel there's no way they could have gotten away without us seeing them, you know? Right. So oh, we're crazy. getting a lot of questions in the comments here. So awesome. <laughs> uh, so yeah, Nicole, how do you want to know how do you tell if a person is possessed or mentally unstable? Well, it's very tricky, and this is where the the knowledge and the experience comes in. Um, right. There's many, many different ways of testing things, um, and there's also like if we know there's there's two things when you work with a client and sometimes they'll tell you they have a mental illness. Sometimes they won't, you know, right. cause they think they're, you're just going to tell them they're crazy and that's not what yeah. we do. Um, some of them don't know. Maybe they've never been diagnosed with it. So right. the thing is to really fully understand, 
you have to make sure that they don't have an illness first and get that treated because if they have it so let's say let's say they tell you uh, i had you know i'm on medication for schizophrenia we'll mm-hmm. we'll tell them that we suggest you go back to your you know psychiatrist or your doctor and talk to them and, and explain to them what you're experiencing too and see if they can change your medication or change the dosage right. and see if it stops it first because you know some of the things can be very similar but there's also a very different thing between a voice calling you down the hallway and a voice in your head right telling you to do things so there's right. there's two types of things and there are a lot of tests that we do if we go into um to help uh determine i don't some of them i don't say out on the show just because then if people hear it then they know sort of a little tricks that we may do to them um just nice. to test things you know because some people are also playing with us or they they also faking it or they're looking for fame you know because nowadays you know they'll think oh well, if, they, if somebody thinks i have uh-huh. a demon i'll i'll get a you know a, Ooh, a book deal now. or a, yeah, yeah. yeah it happens a lot but um there are a lot of different things but it is you have to learn a little bit about mental illness and and addiction too and and also about demonology and understand uh the differences in them because the, some of them are very very similar and they're very hard to tell and if you do the wrong thing but I always tell everybody, if you go into a house and you don't know the person's schizophrenic or, or they don't know, and you tell them that they have a ghost or a demon because you believe what they're telling you, yeah. now you have destroyed this person way more than they were because your sage and your cleansing and whatever you do is not going to fix their, their mental illness. No. And now they're going to think that these voices that are they're hearing every day are trying to kill them. And you're not going to get that out of their head now, you know, so it's, it's a very tricky thing. And it's one of those things too, where call somebody in and ask for help, you know, because you don't want to, you don't want to mess with people's lives. It's very uh, tricky. Like you said, when it comes to people being possessed and they don't look at, you know, the things, what is really causing the person to be possessed, like you said, they could be on medication, right. they could have mental illness and they don't know it, but because, you know, they see all this crap on TV or they're listening to other people, they already met, think they are possessed, but it's that's right. not the case. So, so you're definitely right on definitely, you know, asking, you know, questions, making sure you know the history first right. before you even accuse somebody of being possessed. If they don't Re- have white eyes, they're not possessed. <laughs> That's right. the way I look at it. <laughs> reach out to reach out to another team you know. Reach out to us. Reach out yeah. to the Warrens. Absolutely. Anybody will will gladly help anybody. We we're, we would never turn away a team that would come to us asking for help. We'll, we'll help That's them awesome. in a second. You know, we, we don't... There's, you know, I've been involved in things over the years with other teams that I was on. It's why I created my own team <laughs> where you have so much <laughs> weird things between teams. People say, oh, you're, you know, they're territorial. Like you, you took a client from our area. We don't charge. Right. We don't make any money. What did we take from you? <laughs> We're trying right. to help the people. Nobody's yeah. making any money on this. <laughs> it should be for helping the people. That's what it, it should is. be all about. Yeah, yeah. it should. And there's ways yeah. to make money. I don't care if you want to go do a YouTube channel, you do something. I have a, I'm working on my first book that hopefully will be out this year. Nice. And, you know, uh, th- there's ways to do stuff. It's just, you know, it, 
You just gotta I know do teams it. that charge yeah. for investigations, and uh, uh, yeah, what? you'd be That's surprised. That's new to me. <laughs> <laughs> you'd be now, surprised. <laughs> yeah, I don't charge for you know anything. I don't think it's right. So you yeah, didn't help. You had to, you know, do the best you can, and you know, that's that's it. So what's yeah. Kelly? My, my I, team don't charge either. Yeah, no, I don't <laughs> yeah, charge I mean, either. I know so people I, that will ask for travel and things like that. Yeah, and, you know what? I, I, I'm fine with that. I'm I'm fine with that as long as you're not, you know going crazy with it but i i have no problem with that but i, I mean i personally haven't but i have no problem with it yeah. i had an older lady contacted me uh yesterday that we're going to go investigate their house tomorrow and she says how much do you charge and i said we don't charge anything i said we're, we do it for the experience and to understand what's going on and to help the people understand right. what's going on in their house yeah some people are really scared, you know, and and they're looking for the correct. You know how many cases we get because of other teams came in and frightened them to death? And then they came in like, oh, yeah, you have a portal. There's a demon. Uh, sorry, oh, we don't God. know how to help you. <laughs> and they just leave them, <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's like, what, what are you doing, you know? I know. I don't get it. And those are the people that if they really encountered a demon or something, they, they would – they wouldn't know what yeah. to do. They'd run out of that house so fast. <laughs> I mean, for all the years I have been in this field, I have not, knock on wood, come across a demon yet, but I have come across, um, you know, evil entities, but it doesn't yeah. necessarily mean that it's a demon. But I haven't come across it yet, so I don't want to. <laughs> Even <laughs> if I did, I'll be calling you now. <laughs> yeah. Hey, right. let me tell you, like I said, when I get called into cases like that, my first thing is I'm hoping it's nothing. I really yeah, am. Absolutely, because, yeah, absolutely. You don't want something yeah. like that. No, you don't want to deal with it. You really don't. No. <laughs> so, I've yeah. ran into a few nasty ones myself so far, but we've taken care of it. So, Yeah. yeah. So Kelly said that she accidentally turned on the spirit box at her home. Whoops. And, you know, Immediately, a negative entity entered. Excuse me. Yeah, uh, yeah, it, it can. I mean, uh, especially somebody who is, you know, a, a psychic. Um, mm -hmm. <laughs> they're they're like, you know, they're a beacon. So you turn on something in their house, and it, it could come in real, real quick. Um, you know, it, it's it's just one of those things where we tell people. A lot of people laugh at me when they say, "Oh, you know, you don't use the stuff in your house," but. You know, you can use it in your house, but then you're going to wind up calling us to come help you <laughs> because yeah. something's eventually going to come in there. So, you know, okay, so you're kind of talking about uh, the whole thing with mental health and possession. I've often wondered in certain cases when you find somebody who is uh, going through some mental struggles and they are also manifesting some of these uh, events, how hard is it, or have you experienced any, anything like this, where it was hard to get the person to realize that the problems they were experiencing was all connected to what they were dealing with on a, you know, mentally? And right. I know, I can't remember if this was a, a movie I saw or something that I read, but it really got me thinking. What would you, How would you respond to a situation where somebody is so convinced that what they're experiencing is not 
associated with any mental problem. We, that it's not we have that it all that the time. really is a spirit. It's it's very often, honestly, it's very often because unless that oh, there's there's two types. There's the person who is stable and mm-hmm. they're on a medication that makes them think rationally and they understand that they have an issue. Maybe they're looking to see if there's something else there, but they understand their illness and they understand what's going on and it's it's under control to where somebody maybe doesn't have it under control. They don't have the right medication yet. Or a lot of them, we'll get a lot of people that they might be on medication for years and just stop taking it. And they, they go into a psychosis and, and you know, they're they're They don't understand. Uh, We, we had a case where the person um, was schizophrenic and they were off their medication and it took us a lot and got them to take the medication again, go back to their doctor, talk to them, and get back on their medication, and then it all stopped. I mean, this didn't stop, but they knew it was their illness now and not something going after them, you know? Um, right. So it, it, it's, it's probably, like I said, it's probably the hardest thing. Like, telling anybody that it's not, unless they're frightened out of their minds and they're just happy to hear it, but people who have an illness or an addiction or something like that addiction is a tough one too because if you got somebody who's actively addicted to something they're not gonna listen to you at all they're not gonna believe you there's no way that it has anything to do with you know the the drug that they're taking or the alcohol that they're drinking every night and all night long and all day long it it's always going to be something else because they're very paranoid Right. You know, so there's, you know, it is, it is hard and it's, you know, you don't want to, we don't ever leave anybody. The only time we walk away from a client, you know, I have clients I still talk to from years ago to just check on them. The only time we walk away is if they will not listen to us. There's only so much you can do. You know, sometimes you get people too, who keep manifesting things. The person in Boca, she was doing astral projection and she kept bringing it back in. So I've had to go, you know, help her and cleanse and fix the place multiple times. But then she finally learned, like, if she kept doing that, eventually we're not going to help because we're not just here, yeah. you know, to just keep coming and cleansing your house. So you could do all kind of crazy things. Um, right. We teach them how to cleanse their own house. You know, we teach them how to handle their own issue so that they can take care of themselves on a, you know, a, a regular basis and, instead of having to just call somebody all the time. But yeah, it, it is tough. It is tough. And it's very, it, it's why I'm very picky about who comes on my team. It's not about you have 20 years experience. It, it's, I have that. I could teach you things. It's more right. about your compassion and your passion. So I know when I take you into a person's home, how you're that person. <laughs> See, that's about the devil's chair. Um, uh, I, you know, I, I want to make sure that you're going to go in and you're going to have compassion to this family to understand that right. if they were, um, if they had an illness or something that we're going to know how to treat them. We're not going to be like, Oh, you have yeah. schizophrenia. Well, you're crazy. <laughs> you know, well, there's your problem. You know, you can't do that. You know? No. Well, that that's why it's very important um, to right go there. to go into the house and interview people first get the feeling of that person analyze not by saying anything analyze and see with your own eyes 
what's going on with that person if they're twitching if they have you know yep. certain um anything Learned. that will trigger the, the the sense of being possessed or trigger if they do have mental health issues you should mm -hmm. always analyze people first before accusing them of being possessed because oh, you yeah. can, like like you said you can make that mistake and make that person even more ill than they already are and now you're even making it more worse because now you're scaring the crap out of them by saying that they are possessed right so i yeah, always i always go in uh cases and always make sure uh, you know the basis first before accusing of certain things. Yeah, we do. Since COVID started, we do um, all of our initial interviews through Zoom now, which is which is also great for me because I have teams all over, and right. some of my most gifted people aren't might not be in Florida. Some of them are, but some of them are in in Georgia and Nebraska. So we can bring everybody on for that initial. And I like sometimes meet them on, on Zoom first and go to their house. And we ask a lot of questions. We ask a lot of personal questions. We ask, we'll ask a lot of repetitive mm -hmm. questions to see how they're answered multiple times. You know, Ooh, there's a lot of different things that you have to learn. <laughs> you have to learn to read people and understand too. And don't push them too much. You have right. to make them feel comfortable and trust you to be able to tell you those things that they don't want to tell you. Like I had a case where... As soon as we got in there, and this was the empath thing, as soon as we, we were actually, the, this was, um, I think, I don't remember, it was before COVID or right during COVID. Went to this house, it was a really nice family. We asked them a lot of things. You know, we asked them about any illnesses, we asked them about any medications, any, any medical conditions, anything, because, you know, you just want to know, because if they're on a medication that maybe is something triggering them or giving them some kind of, uh, you know, side effect, it helps us, yeah. you know? Um, yeah. and, and the one person, the, the, the lady of the house, she, she swore there was nothing, whatever. But I kept saying, I even pulled one of my teammates aside and I go, she has some kind of medical condition. I can feel it right. on her, you know? And yeah. later on, after she became more comfortable with us and she started telling one of our teammates about a bunch of medical issues she has and a bunch of medication she's on and, you know, things like that. It It's important to get them to trust you like that because if she didn't tell mm -hmm. us that, it's possible. Not that that means that's what it is, but it's possible we think different because we don't know that. You know, obviously right. we can't right. tell if somebody, you know, well, a little bit. I was able to sell something was wrong, but you might not know that somebody's on a medication. You know, there's a lot of medications out there that can um, really uh, give you a lot of crazy side effects. Yeah. Oh yeah, they do. It's yeah. actually pretty scary, <laughs> and people don't see that, and they assume that they're, you know, being possessed. But it's actually the medication, which, you know, it's hard right. to tell them that. And it's like, what, what do you do in that situation to where you have a case that you? No, is the medication, but the client doesn't want to believe it, but they want to believe it's more about the spirit. How do you handle something like that? We tell them straight. I mean, we're very nice and very understanding of we we, we read the situation. We read the person. Mm -hmm. We read what how they're feeling, what they're doing. And we will, you know, we'll 
we'll attack it different for each person, you know, okay. um, but we are always honest and straight with them. We're, we, we will not lie to them. We're not going to, you know, just go to their feelings with that. We're, we're going to tell them because they need to know either way. If they don't want to believe us, then they're not going to, you know, believe us. Um, it, Jeff had a, a good point. I just wanted to bring up uh, a minute ago. Yep. He said, yeah, when you're in a house and this is why we say ask for help, do whatever. Like he said, you get to leave. If you stir right. something up and you don't know what you're doing, those people have to live with it there. Yep. And, and, you know, until they maybe find other help from somebody else, they're going to deal with it. And if it was something that you angered, now they have to, you know, deal with something even worse. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So how often do drugs play a role in some of these situations? Um, it's, I mean, look, if, if you have the recreational drug user or, or somebody smoking or having some drinks or, or you know, no, I mean, it's, it's, it's something that, may, that maybe they had too much that night and they saw something one night or something. But um, people with an, an active addiction... It it Mm -hmm. depends on how far gone the addiction is because some of them get very paranoid. And when they get very paranoid, it causes all kinds of things in their mind, you know, and it can, it can manifest. It can, there's two things. You can manifest something yourself or like we're saying before, because you're a bit broken down, um, a little bit oppressed from having an addiction, you're susceptible to a demonic attack or to an right. attachment or something because right. you're, you're already there. So you can bring it in, in multiple ways. You know, like we tell people on our own team and everything, if you're having a fight at home with, with your, you know, your loved one, your kids, whoever, you know, and you're just, or you're just a little depressed or having a rough time at work or something that's got your mind a little off. Do not come on an investigation. Because right, you're yeah. opening yourself up to pull things in, you know yeah. you're you're not helping them. You're not helping yourself. Don't don't come on an investigation if you're not fully sound mind. You know, absolutely. I, I do want to kind of put this in there real quick since we're on the topic of drugs. <clears throat> I myself was in real deep. Uh, of course, at that time I was also messing around with. Uh, less than favorable practices with the paranormal. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, my drug choice were, you know, I know some people, it's when it comes to like marijuana, there's 50-50 arguments on it. Some say it's addictive, some say it's not. Right. Regardless right. of what people's view is, it still opens up your mind. Sure. Now, I was also on meth, acid, mushroom, opium, and I mean, I got in real deep. And when I finally decided to break all that off, I was staying with a friend of mine family. And one night I was swarmed with visions of killing that family. Mm-hmm. Even though that's not my nature, that was not who right. I was. And it scared me so bad that I actually told my friend to drive me to the hospital and I checked myself into the psych ward. And I was there for three days, right. but they gave me something on the first day. So that the second day, the middle day, it's a complete black hole. I have no memory of being right. in that hospital. My mom 
that, that she talked to me that day, but I don't remember that conversation. Mm-hmm. And so ever since I got out, I made it a point to stay away from the drug. And then I got involved with the paranormal and it was really in the last five years that I started to see the connection between, you know, mental health, drug addiction and negative paranormal event. Right. And, you know, I, I definitely see where you're coming from when you have somebody that is so deep that they are no longer able to distinguish thought from reality that it becomes an even more dangerous situation because, you know, like we mentioned earlier, how do you tell somebody that your problem is all connected to you and the only way that it's going to be fixed is by you? Right. And for anybody who's ever been in addiction, they're not going to believe they have a problem until they have completely lost everything. Right. And we see it, like I said, I, I've been at the place I work at is a psychiatric drug and alcohol treatment facility. And I've been there almost mm-hmm. 11 years and um, we see it all the time. You know, uh, we'll see people in and out, you know, and until they're ready and they realize like like you did, you know, you, you said, OK, I, I got to go into the hospital because something's not right. You know, it, a lot of people don't get to that point a lot of people it takes many many times to get to that point you know and mm-hmm. um it, it is it is something like it, it is hard to deal with like uh, there we've had cases with people that you know they they will not accept it you know the, I, I we had a guy that was he was saying no 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 he's just recreational and then he started listing off all the recreational drugs that he does on almost a daily yeah. basis. And we're trying to explain to him that's not recreational <laughs> anymore. You know, yeah. you're, you're right. in, and he was saying, you know, the government was hacking his phone. And, you know, when you start getting to that really bad paranoid side and yeah. there's no way they're going to listen to you. No way that they're going to listen to you at that point. All you can do is, is try, you know, um, We've called, um, you know, protective services on people because we were right. worried that they may harm somebody or something. You know, it, it's a tough call to make, um, you know, and, and the people don't appreciate it, <laughs> you know, um, but it's, you know, it's something that we're again, we're there to, to help people. So if we feel somebody's in danger, we're going to do whatever we think uh, is is right to get them help. But. It's a, it's a tough situation because, I mean, if you you were there, you know, you're not anybody mm-hmm. until you're ready to listen to yourself. Right. And when, have you ever gone into a location where it wasn't the spirit or, um, you know, anything like that that was a threat? Um, and uh, one example I use is I... A friend of mine and I went to a place that was uh, reported to be haunted, and we were trying to investigate. And we came across a person who was obviously unstable. Uh, he was a, a military vet. He was suffering addiction. He was homeless, mm-hmm. um, which is probably one of the toughest things for me to have to watch because most of my family is from the military. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he said that, you know, if you don't leave, I'm going to float you down the river. In other words, you were going to kill us. 
Right. Have you ever come across a situation where you met somebody that was that hostile? Yeah. Yeah, we've we I I've had people that yeah, wow. absolutely. I mean, you, when they get to that point, they're they're in a in a situation that they know there's a problem, but they don't want to admit what the problem is. So they're looking right. for you to solve it. Mm-hmm. It's got to be paranormal. So you need to come in and fix this. And when you tell them it's not they don't want to have any part of that. You tell them you need to go get checked out or you should, you know, check yourself in somewhere. They, if they're that far gone, you know, so depending on what they're taking can make them very, very violent, you know, and if they full on believe that this is something else, or you know, they are not going to take kindly to what you're saying. They, right. you know, that's why I advise people now to do the first intake call through zoom because yeah. you're not throwing yourself into a situation that you don't know about and investigate everything. When we get a case, we immediately go online and, and look for back, uh, you know, uh, background checks on people and, and reports and try to find everything we can about them beforehand. It's not to judge them. It's to know what we're, what we're going into. You know, mm-hmm. if, if you have people, uh, okay, they were in prison. That doesn't mean they're a bad person. But right. it's good to know that that maybe, you know, we should talk to them on Zoom first just to make sure that they are stable and they are whatever. You know, th- it's very important because I used to just go to everybody's house and there's times where we went at the houses and we definitely should not have been there. You know, like you said, right. people like that, that can become very, very angry and very violent. You have to know how to you also have to know how to calm them. And it's funny because I come from two different worlds. So I played hockey for 15 years you know i worked as a bouncer on weekends at times so then i went into this field where i am now you know not in the it field but in the psychiatric uh field and we had to learn um anger control and and de-escalation things which is the complete opposite right. that you learn from being a bouncer or playing hockey you know so <laughs> yeah it, yeah <laughs> it, it's it, it's a toss-up you know but you have to learn like in a situation like that. That's why it's good to know a lot about people because you have to learn how to de-escalate the situation either to help the person or at least to get yourself out of the situation before right. it right. turns bad. You know, well, Sean, you said you had some questions. Some of the, some of the viewers actually asked some of the ones I was going to ask. So oh, there you go. <laughs> Which is a good thing. Yeah, that was really good. But uh, Pam did have one up there a little ways. Let me see if I can find it here. I did think that was pretty interesting. Let's see if I can find it again. Okay, while you're looking for that, um, when you, okay, so <clears throat> you say you've been pushed and, you know, mm-hmm. physically accosted, so to speak. Uh, what was probably the most aggressive one you've had? Um, um, one of the, well, I've seen it on other people next to me, way worse. I, I've been very lucky. But the one I've had, um, or a couple, the one major one was, was on one of the demonic cases. And I was literally, it, it felt like two hands hitting you like that right in the chest. And it probably mm. knocked me back 15, 20 feet on the floor. You know, um, and it knocks the wind out of you and, and it's, 
those things I tell people, those things are terrifying because, right. okay, I'm sure there's a lot of people who have been hit before. I played hockey for 15 years. Again, I've been hit. I've been knocked down. I've been, you know, but there's somebody yeah. there doing it. When you get right. that right. force that is that much of a force and you can't see it, it's, it's frightening because yeah. what else can it do? You know, um, how did it do that? I mean, there's a right. million questions that I still don't have answers to, but the yeah, first case, nobody does. no. And the first case I was on that I was talking about the guy next to me got scratched from his neck to the bottom of his spine. He had three razor scratches down, down his back that were, it was unbelievable. You know, um, I haven't had things like that, luckily. <laughs> um, right. but we, we, yeah, we, uh, it's, it's we weird because that that. yeah it's 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 scary it's a scary thing because like i said if when you can't it's different somebody comes up and punches you you know but if it's something you can't see how do you how do you defend yourself how do you right. you know yeah, how do you protect yourself how do you how do you wait for what's what's next if he knocked me across the room all i was thinking is what what's he going to do next if i get back up yeah. you know so a lot of things go through your mind <laughs> Yeah, well, I mean, from my biggest problem is if something like that would happen to me, aside from it being the fact that it's scary that I can't see what did it to me, but it would also irritate the shit out of me because I can't just reach forward and grab that sucker and just, you know, yeah, right. you can't do, you know, you I, can't I can't fight you. back. Right, right, yeah. You know, you, you I, can't, I'm like, you can't you know, fight I, back. I grew up playing hockey. You know, yeah. I, I live in Minnesota. Hockey is like, okay. if, if you're in Minnesota and you don't play hockey, you're not a real Minnesotan. Right. <laughs> and, you know, I've got old scars from reckless hockey playing, you know. And, and of course, this is the 80s, so we play without helmets or pads, you know. Just right. Jean Jacket. Uh, yeah. you know, so. yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, you know, I, yeah, I, aside from being scary, it would be frustrating to know that I can't fight back. Yeah. That's yeah. where, and again, everybody has a different outlook on this, but that's where I guess faith comes in and, and what you believe, because, you know, for me, mm -hmm. I study Catholic demonology. So, you know, I believe that's how you, you go against the demon. That's how, what protects you, you know, um, but you have to believe you have to, you know, whatever your faith is. And, right. but it's still, it's not something, like you said, it's not something you can physically grab and hold down and, and, and stop, you know, if, if it starts knocking Look people around shit. the room, <laughs> yeah, you can't control it. You know, you're just there until it stops doing what it's doing. Yeah. Right. You know, I did find that question that Pam asked. It says okay. being, a, it says being Catholic, have you ever felt as though the church treats you different from everyone else in the church? Well, it depends. I mean, you know, I don't go into the church and announce what I do <laughs> if they know me. Yeah. But I have, I have worked with many uh, Catholic priests and you go to a, a church and you, and you talk to them and you look for um, some that can help you in case, case of cases, you know, you may need them on or blessing houses or whatever. And mm -hmm. some are, will fully embrace it and, and, you know, want to help any way they can. And some of them won't want to have anything to do with you. You know, depending on what they believe, they, they're not, they, even though they're Catholic, they, they will not, they don't want it. You know, they'll go bless right. a house maybe at the most, but they won't get involved. If you told them, listen, we have a case and it's, it's um, uh, possibly, you know, something paranormal. We want you to come to the house and see some of them will not have anything to do with it. 
You know, they were not trained in it either. I'll, you know, a, a lot of them believe you have to be, you know, trained the correct way. And, you know, it's a lot of, you know, I'm not going to get into that side of it, but there's a lot of, you know, exorcists who are not really exorcists and, you know, right, right. there's, there's a lot of stuff out there and, um, you know, <laughs> that could pull in a lot of other dangers, <laughs> but yeah, um, mm-hmm. some, some will definitely treat you differently, you know? I mean, uh, you know, my my family's Catholic and, uh, you know, if I would have brought this up when I was younger, they would have, you know, not been too happy about this stuff. No, (laughs) I I still have some of my family members. It's just like, okay, yeah, whatever. (laughs) Well, Um, my family, they're they're very strong Christians. And mm -hmm. I actually have aunt and uncle. Well, my uncle passed away, but I have uh, aunt and uncle that were that are still pastors. Right. Um, and I've studied under some amazing theologians, uh, which has certainly, you know, created a whole sure. new perspective on my faith. But right when right when you're talking about Catholicism, and you come across the case, and you're convinced that something needs to be done, how when you go through? I know that I'm trying to remember. I talked to a demonologist about this, and they explained the process of how they go to there's different churches and the different ranks of uh, management in the Catholic Church to get authorization to perform an exorcism. Because exorcism in and of itself is extremely dangerous. I mean, right. there's cases where I, people can become severely injured. Right. And and there are different there are different things, though. There's, like, a lot of the cases I was involved in that were demonic, it was not at the stage of a possession, but more of an infestation and an oppression in the house. Um, Mm -hmm. So you have Catholic priests that will do minor rites of exorcisms in the house and uh, more of like deliverance type prayers and things like that to where you don't necessarily need an actual full exorcism to get a, 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 you know, an actual Catholic sanctioned exorcism is not an easy process. You have to go through a lot and they are going to require, and this is what we tell people, they are going to require many different psychiatric evaluations and medical evaluations and many different things before they would even remotely consider an exorcism. You know, through, through, if you're going through the real channels, there are people out there who do them other ways, but to go through the real channels through the Catholic Church, it that's not an easy process. It it really is. Oh, you know, I'm I mean, sure it, it's, it's yeah. That's gonna be uh, hard to just to handle. I can only imagine. Yeah, it's it, it's not something you can easily you can easily get through. And and you know they're again they're gonna they're gonna check it out in in many many ways before. It's not like oh yeah you know people. People think, oh, you call somebody, I, I think I'm possessed. The team comes to the house and go, oh, yeah, yeah you're possessed. And then the next day you have an exorcism. <laughs> it's not like that. It, it could be yeah. a year before they actually perform it. You know, they're, wow. they're going to check everything out because if, if something happens to that person during that exorcism, they're, they're, they're going to be held responsible. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. they need to make yeah, sure absolutely. that. Yeah. And if the person is is has a mental illness and it's not something demonic <laughs> that the exorcism will will totally mess them up you know and right. kill them 
you know, it, it's it's a brutal thing. So there's there's a lot there's a lot to that. I mean, you know. So Pam wants to know if you've ever used your ability to help with a missing person case. Not me, because Ooh. I don't have those type of abilities. I'll, I can have those abilities when I go into a location. I can pick okay. up on the energy and the emotions. I, ha- I don't have the, I have never, I mean, maybe I do, to be honest with you, but I don't know, and I get by my wife about that one all the time, that I don't open up my abilities <laughs> more to see what I have. <laughs> I right. kind of, you know, I, I should be doing a little more, but um no, I, I, I don't have that way to just try to find somebody. I, I wish I did. If I did, I would absolutely help them <laughs> if right, I could. And then we have Nicole with a uh, another health question. Um, is it okay to invest, uh, for an investigator to go to a place if they have to? Um, they have to wear like a heart monitor. Oh, a heart, yeah, wear like a heart monitor. Well, that's that's subjective to the person it depends on how bad your condition is you know if you have a a serious heart condition to where if you get frightened or jump scared or you know anything that could raise your your heart rate or your blood pressure you know it might not be the thing to do because you know and, and, and if you happen to go into a demonic case they know your weaknesses. They could play on your weaknesses. You know, um, mm-hmm. they can easily mess with you with that. I mean, I, if you had a heart monitor, I would never go into a demonic case. Never, never. <laughs> I always, I always right. tell my teammates, go with somebody. Don't ever go by Oh, yourself. here he goes. He, goes. <laughs> he, was, he was being good. <laughs> he was being just, good. I, I'm, not gonna, be- I'm not going to. I'm not going to. I'm not going to comment. <laughs> All right. <laughs> he can say he can say it. I'm not going to say it. <laughs> All right. Well, Sean, you got any questions? Anna, you got any questions? Um, you know, you know me. I will run this show I know. until three or four. He does. More. He does, and that's okay. That's. Find my me. You can run it all you want. <laughs> I, I, I guess. I guess another question I have: What type of protection do you use on an investigation? Do you use like crystals, stones, crosses? What do you normally yeah. use? I have um, almost everything. I have is blessed by somebody, whether it was a priest or I have stuff okay. that's been blessed by uh, bishops and um, you know uh, exorcists. Um, I have. I, I wear bracelets that have crystals i have i have my you know one of many many crosses that i have and um you know we say a prayer before we go in i have one thing that was given to me that i feel is an extra level of protection it never leaves this house unless i'm on an investigation or i'm at uh, a lecture it was given to me by chris mckennell and it's actually a, a virgin mary medal that was lorraine warren's so i i carry that with me on anything like that to me i feel it's a it's an extra level of protection it's got her energy on it you know um yeah so we'll we'll do stuff like that um we have stuff we say before we go in after we you know if we if it felt like it was something bad you know we will make cleanse ourselves on the way out but it's nothing is a hundred percent i i wear all this and i've gotten attachments you know um they're not something that happened all the time but 
it, it can it can go through stuff like that. But as as much as you, I tell people, doesn't matter what religion, doesn't matter what you you know what it is, whatever you believe, that's your faith. So if right. you believe that that you know necklace of a you know monkey paw that you're wearing is <laughs> is something that will protect you, then then it probably yeah. will. You know, that, um, yeah. go to whatever it is that you you feel comfortable with. You know, um, some people in religions, you know, a lot of Catholics and Christians, they would do not believe in crystals. Um, oh, they, wow. they, they, yeah, they think they think that's that's total, you know, divination, yes. you, anything like we, you know, Ouija boards, tarot cards, you know, uh, pendulums, all that stuff. They will some of them will will not want it. We, we have people come at us and be like, listen, if you're going to we want help, but you do not bring this stuff in our house. Do not do this. Do not do that. Right. You know, yeah. you got to go by. Of course, you got to, you know, go to what they feel comfortable with. You know, I would never go right. into somebody's house and start throwing crystals around if they are completely against it because it's going to make things worse <laughs> yeah. in their own yeah, head. I, I think it's interesting that you mentioned crystals because I actually make custom rosaries. Hmm. And I just got done making two of these. Um, it's a standard rosary. And the decades are made out of obsidian. Right. The father beads are made out of onyx. And then I have the prayer beads made out of amethyst. Uh, This has the St. Benedict centerpiece. Right. Now, because I'm, I mean, I'm just still learning about making rosaries and I want to make sure that I'm making correctly. What are some of the ideal centerpieces or elements that you would, you know, and this this question kind of goes for everybody else out there that might be looking for something like this. What kind of element would you make tell people to make sure is in that rosary if they're looking for protection or, you know, something um, that kind of connects with them in their faith? That could be a little bit above me. <laughs> um, I, I, again, it goes to, yeah, it goes to whatever... <laughs> The person feels everybody's going to have different things. Some of them just right. want the cross. Some of them want uh, a Victine thing. Some of them want a St. Michael's. Some, you know, everybody's mm-hmm. going to be different with that. Um, I, I don't think there's anything specific. Uh, I have a really nice rosary that I, I got. Um, what was it? Uh, about a little over a year ago when I went to Italy. And I, I, it's, it's all lava rock from Pompeii. Oh. Um, it, it's, and it has a... a, a obsidian uh, um, cross and it's, it's it's a really great piece you know um it's it's more it's going to be specific to each person i mean some people like i said some people like the the benedictine some people like saint michael some people like uh virgin mary some you know everybody's going to have something different that they feel is is better for them right right it's all it all depends on what you believe in as well yeah exactly and what energy you put into them as well. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So uh, we have, uh, we're, we're already about an hour and a half. Yep. Um, and I know there's some people that are still asking questions and I wish I could get to all of them. <laughs> um, this has definitely been a great show. Uh, yes, my question. Absolutely. Uh, would you be willing to come back for a part two? Sure. Anytime. Oh, thank you. <laughs> thank you very much. No problem. Anytime. We'll be happy All to right. have you again. Absolutely. Sure. And, uh, 
real quick. Is there any? Uh, I should have said this before in the beginning, but if anybody is interested in checking out more of Bill Slevin's work, I do have links down in the description, so you can click on them. You'll go right to his personal website as well as the website for his team, and there you can find out all the information you need. And also, if you have Travel Channel or Discovery Plus, go check out The Devil's Academy. That, I mean, I know I'm definitely going to have to talk to my wife about letting me get my Discovery Plus back just so I can check this out. Uh, <laughs> it's a good show. Yeah, because I mean, my wife kind of got on me. It's like, why are you spending all this money? You just watched the one show or, or the two shows. I do it all the time, so I feel yeah. bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I can get it back. And I'm definitely interested in that. And... Um, yeah, is there anything else you want to announce? Uh, any upcoming events um, or? Yeah, actually, um, March second, uh, next next Saturday. Uh, anybody who's in local of Florida, I'm a celebrity guest at Sunrise Comic Con. I'll be there all nice. day uh, oh. with my booth, and I have a panel at two thirty uh, in the theater. They give us the big theater. It's really, really, it's a really great little Comic Con. It's run by the city. It's very different, um, well organized, and it's a lot of fun. Um, it's just one day on Saturday. I think it's from 11 to 6 uh, on March 2nd. And then I have a, a, a couple other that I, I get. I do a lot of events, a lot of shows, but a lot of them aren't confirmed yet for this year. But um, April, I, I wrote this down because I'm never going to remember it all. April 20th, uh, I'm going to be up in Pennsylvania at um, Hillview Manor. It's um, I'll I'll post it. Look on my site. My site is BillSlevin.com. It's just my name. And um, I'm going to be posting it on there. It's it's going to be a really fun night. I'm going to be up there with uh, La- uh, Larissa and, and Joe Frankie from the Warrens. And we're going to be talking about a whole bunch of things. And then we're going to be doing an investigation at, at the location um, in October. I'm going to be up with the same people. Actually, this one has a lot of people. Um, it's it's called the, I'm going to get this wrong. It's the Wilson Castle Paracon up in uh, Wilson. Uh, it's in Proctor, Vermont. Okay. And um, that's going to be a fun day. They have a big uh, paracon during the day, and they're going to have um, a Roaring Twenties masquerade ball at night. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'll, I'll be up. I'll be up in those. I have a bunch more, but nothing's fully confirmed yet. So I'm not going to say much. And definitely keep a, a eye out for my book coming out sometime this year. I will. Yeah, I would <laughs> definitely pick it up for you. That's not a problem. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, you're uh, welcome. And if anybody Andy. anybody needs help, if there's anybody out there who's looking for help, they could either contact me through my my team site, which is persfl.com, mm. um, or warrenlegacy.com. Uh, either one of those, uh, you could find the best help you can get out there, really. So um, if anybody has you know anything that they're concerned with or they're worried about, you know, just contact us and we'll do everything we can to help. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yeah, we'll make sure we will put um, all your links and everything, all your events on all the platforms. This is your home now, so you can share anything you want. You're more welcome to it. Thank and you. Um, oh, always, I always make sure all my guests are always more than welcome to have a new home to look something to look forward to, and that's how it is. So. Um, but it it was great having you. It really was. Uh, thank you for coming back the second time. I really do appreciate it. I'm glad I didn't miss out. So, (laughs) (laughs) a lot of great information. 
Yeah, yeah, it was nice meeting all of you. Yeah, I'm right. glad you enjoyed yourself, and I can't wait to have you on again. Yeah, anytime. Just let me know. Right. Thank you. Yep, thank right, you so, very much. All right, so I'll just put you in the back room, hang out there real quick, and then after we close out the show, we're we'll kind of do a couple more things to, you know, help you yep. get squared away with everything else. So, okay. All right, and we'll talk to you in just a minute. All right, thank you again. You're, You're welcome. welcome. All right. Well, that was Bill Slevin. Uh, great conversation. I definitely I need to get him back because I've got, yep. I'm sure there are people in the audience that have more questions to ask, uh, which again, thank everybody for stopping by, watching, participating with the conversation. You know, if you like everything that you're seeing, uh, share this video out and, you know, share out the link for Bill Slevin and check out, you know, all of mm -hmm. his stuff and show some support. And it, it's going to take all of us to make the paranormal field something that is respectable and legit Absolutely. and recognized as an actual field of study. Yep. And that's, that's what right. we're here for. <laughs> all right. Well, well I see that's it, a wrap. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Is there anything else you want to say uh, as to, to close this out? Uh, I just want to say thank you, uh, Sean, for coming on with us tonight. It was yeah, a pleasure to have you. Um, it was a lot of fun. Thank you. Um, if you are looking for anything of the sort, like candles or a spiritual reading, you can come find me at the Whispering Twilight Candles. And you can also find me as Spiritual Sage on Facebook. Um, and, you know, new things and new line will be adding that to this week. So I will have all the links and my Etsy um, link on this page as well. So is there anything you want to add on that you have going on, uh, Aaron or Sean? This Sunday, we have a podcast at 7 o'clock Central Time, and it will be Jamie Lynn Keller. Also, nice. you can also catch me with Pam Harris on Serene Divine. I'm her co-host on that show. And here with Shadow and Anne. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I guess that just leaves me to close this all the way out. Yep. And I'll, I'll say what I always say. Be smart, <laughs> be safe, and be kind. Because you never know your one act of kindness might change somebody's life. Mm. And with that being said, stay spooky. Mm -hmm.